So I've been in kind of a funk since I got to Miami, and it's not really surprising. I haven't been eating right, I haven't been exercising, and honestly, I've been so out of sorts. I packed horribly and very messy because I've basically been living out of suitcase since April. So my shit is not organized and I am all over the fucking place, which is a perfect recipe for a little funk. So in order to get out of my little funk, I started walking again, and let me tell you, the people here do not smile or say good morning when they pass each other. That must be like a Mississippi, Louisiana thing. Or maybe it's a Lindsay thing. I don't know. Well, I went for a walk and, you know, I'm just trying to get back into the swing of things. And I tried smiling at three different people, all with different demographics and no dice. Three up and three down. I even tried a fourth person this morning and she just looked me straight in the eyes and her eyes said to me I am dead inside so I just decided to keep my eyes forward and not say a fucking word and it is so hard to not say anything I have to actively restrain myself I get like a high off cursory positive stranger interactions so I'm like passing someone thinking in my head that I will not make eye contact. I will not say good morning. I will keep my head straight and mind my fucking business. The person will be approaching him like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Hi, how are you? Fuck! It's hard being here in Miami, even though it's what I want. I see that all of my friends are starting families and are talking about starting families. And I thought that's where I was going to be, but that shit clearly ain't in the cards, so I have to keep it moving, keep it cute. I want to apologize for last week's episode. I moved mountains to get that shit out, and it's possible the quality suffered. I haven't had home internet since I arrived to Miami, despite scheduling my installation appointment for last week, so it's been 10 fucking days without internet. I am a regular at the public library. Uh, As I explained last episode, I had an appointment window with AT&T from 12 to 2. The appointment window passed and I still hadn't heard anything. I called AT&T, I was told there was an external issue and that I would hear something within 48 to 72 hours. Didn't trust them to call me, so I called them. I had a much better customer service experience this time and my agent was named Alejandro. He kept me on the phone for about 20 minutes only to tell me the exact same fucking thing. Apparently, they are running a line to my house, but that makes no fucking sense because the tenant before me had AT&T, so there's no reason to run a fucking line. Alejandro told me that I would hear from someone within 24 to 48 hours. Big surprise, I fucking didn't. So now I have another appointment. Fingers crossed, please, that I get internet. AT&T better send its hottest technician. And they better not take their sweet ass time. I keep getting texts from AT&T that my cell phone data is all gone and suggested I switch to fucking Wi-Fi. Well, I fucking would if I could. Talk to your people, AT&T, and get me some fucking Wi-Fi. I have been very frustrated. I need home internet to create this podcast. I've been running back and forth from Starbucks to the public library to get that last episode out. The universe has a sick sense of humor. I came to Miami to heal, nest, and work on creative projects. But ever since I got here, I've been getting up and getting dressed every day like I have a goddamn nine to five. What the fuck? 
Oh, and apologies to the couple in Starbucks and to your wedding planner if y'all heard me say that I can't sit next to you anymore. I had my headphones on and I have this thing where I think no one can hear me because the music is so loud so I can't even hear me, but the music is only loud to me and I forget that and I forgot that. But in my defense, I couldn't drown out your wedding planner chatter with my chill mix playlist on Spotify. I didn't want to hear what DJ you want and the flowers that you're interested in for the fucking reception. I'm healing, but I'm not that healed yet. So I had to hightail it out of there and sit in the parking lot of the public library so I could use the parking lot Wi-Fi, which is a genius idea, by the way. The public library has this feature here where you can just go sit in the library and access their Wi-Fi. So you can go there even when they are closed and just sit in the parking lot. Genius. Back to the internet. My biggest issue is that no one told me initially about the network issue and that they weren't showing up to my appointment and allowed me to just sit around and wait for AT&T. So I have very little confidence in AT&T and their network people with boots on the ground. I told Alejandra that this was urgent and that since I didn't have internet, I might as well drive around and find these fuckers who are apparently sitting around doing buck kiss instead of giving me fucking internet. Alejandro responded very calmly, uh, ma'am, I am writing everything down that you were saying. He also said that the notes showed that these mysterious, fictitious network people called my cell phone and left a voicemail. Now these people are just going to flat out fucking lie. I checked my phone again right there on the phone just to be sure, and I informed Alejandro that this note was as fake as these network people and that it was not true that they called and left me a voicemail, and I told him to put that down in his notes. Poor Alejandro having to deal with my ass. And that's not the worst customer service experience I've ever had with AT&T. A few years ago, I had canceled a Wi-Fi hotspot I purchased while evacuating for a hurricane so that my lovely family could have Wi-Fi because the Airbnb that I rented had broken Wi-Fi. Weird. Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi on Wi-Fi. Anyways, I am a problem solver. And that's really what any good attorney is, is a problem solver. Anywho, I called AT&T like five times to cancel after I'd already canceled and they still kept charging me like $200 a month. And I was going through some shit at the time and I just broke down on the phone with the customer service representative and started hysterically crying for five minutes. No joke at all. So in this incident, I looked up the CEO of AT&T, you know, trying to maybe put some pressure, maybe fuck around and write a letter. But he wisely did not have any contact information available to the public, and my connection was very, very slow, so I really didn't have time to go down the rabbit holes. I was literally ready to go to fucking war with AT&T. Ugh, man, I want fucking internet. Um, I'm disappointed in AT&T. Speaking of disappointments, I canceled my SiriusXM subscription. I just couldn't do it. I wasn't listening to any of the programming anymore, and I really only liked Jeff Lewis Live. And I haven't listened to that in about a month. It is fucking sad. Okay, let's pep this shit up a bit. New York Housewives is coming to a close. And the last episode before the finale aired. And while it was good, the season finale is going to be much better. Well, not for Sai, Uba, and Bren. Uh, I love Uba. She is fucking hilarious. She has all these great one-liners. 
with the, what, uh, what was one that she had this, this episode? Oh, to grow, you need help. That's genius and so fucking true. Oh, and then the other one I liked is, um, you lose them how you find them. Hot fucking damn. Actually, Uba hot fucking damn. I looked up Uba's hot sauce and it's like $60. But Honey is getting her money because that shit sold out on her website. I also loved how she handled Sai's husband's question that he asked in front of the whole group on the date night thing. And he said something like, uh, you're beautiful, you're successful. Why aren't you in a serious relationship? I do not think his intentions are bad, but this is such an annoying question. She's not in a serious relationship because no one is good enough. It's almost like, gee whiz, what's wrong? Like I said, I don't think his intentions are bad, but I think it's invasive and rude. But whatever. But Uba didn't miss a fucking beat. She was like, I don't know. Let's ask God right now. Everyone, together, pray in your own language. Let's do this. Let's ask God. That was a brilliant way to handle that question. And like Uba, I also hear angels saying when I bite into a pretzel bun. So we all know there's tension between Sai and Jessel. Sai is very annoyed by Jessel, and Jessel is making it a point to bring up traumatic issues to try and relate to Sai. I did not realize how much we fucking needed Jenna Lyons. There is a scene where Jessel is talking to Jenna about the Sai drama, and Jenna is just so fucking patient and empathetic with Jessel, and she sees that Jessel just wants to be understood by Sai. But then in her solo interview, did give her opinion, because she was probably asked, that Jessel was a little off base comparing her alcoholic uncle to Sai's mom's alcoholism. Gosh, Jenna is the MVP. I fucking love her. We have an entire spectrum of emotional intelligence and awareness on this show. Jenna obviously has the highest EQ. Uh, with honestly, Sai having the lowest EQ. Jessel almost beat her out, but the outbursts we've seen from Sai this season and the lack of awareness and the fact that she thinks she's perfect and doesn't need healing is a bit too reminiscent of the old New York days. Our culture is changing. People don't want to see women go years talking about the same fucking issues a la New Jersey housewives. And still I see no changes. So we find out that Pavit is going to Vietnam and Sai and Aaron start asking a shit ton of questions, which I think are invasive and none of their business. But since Jessel is the one who brought it up, I'm going to talk about it. What would y'all think about this? Your husband flies to Vietnam first class only to be in Vietnam for 24 hours and then flies back to accrue miles? Hmm. Okay, I totally get buying the ticket to Vietnam after Pavit explained it. He said that the ticket he bought usually costs $15,000 and he could get the ticket for $900. Now, I understand this logic. This is rich math. This is a fucking steal. And apparently, the level of luxury that comes with this ticket is unparalleled. Caviar, champagne, a private suite. I am proud of Pavit for buying this ticket. But he actually bought three. And we find out that he's already done this twice before. I'm honestly here for it. Pavit, where did you get that ticket? Was it a pandemic purchase? God damn, that should go in the Hall of Fame of good deals. And Jessel doesn't care. And if she doesn't care, why does anyone else? I still love these ladies collectively better than the last few seasons of New York. For the most part, they are very empathetic. Well, not really Sai. 
I think Cyan Jessel possibly could be, I'm not sure, on the chopping block. That is just a speculation. Jenna Lyons looks like a freaking model walking down the streets of New York with her son. I love her style. She is a girl after my own heart talking about co-parenting. Co-parenting is so fucking hard. Until the other parent goes to jail. Then it's pretty damn easy apart from the crushing pressure. But you gotta make that shit work for you. Use visitation to your advantage. Make it work for you. That's what I did. And I didn't bitch that she was gone for Christmas or whatever. We just did Christmas on the day before she left and decided that she's the luckiest girl in the world because she gets multiple Christmases. So the triple date thing plus Ubo was like, whatever. But there was something that we saw in that scene that is obviously relevant to the finale. So Sai's husband asked Uba that question about why isn't she single. So then she starts to show Sai her iPhone, which I'm presuming is the guy that Uba is seeing. And Uba says that she trusts Sai like implicitly. And also Sai's husband asked that question. So now she's showing his wife a photo of a quote unquote delicious man. Love everyone's outfits. It's like they all decided to dress in the same color palette. And I mean, that's true friendship. So based upon the preview of the finale, Uba apparently tells Sai off camera that she is seeing a man in Connecticut. Well, I guess Sai's ass goes and tells Bren about it. And Bren, not realizing this was told to Sai off camera and therefore off limits on camera, jokingly said to Uba, I hear you got a guy in Connecticut. I don't know if I did that well. I hear you got a guy in Connecticut. Okay. Sorry, Bren, if that was horribly offensive. Well, Sai cuts in and goes the fuck off on Bryn, screaming that it was off camera and curses Bryn out. And it's Bryn's fucking birthday. Now, I think Sai should rethink that comment about healing and being perfect because the footage doesn't lie. Stop everything you are doing. Bath and Body Works has released its winter candles. My personal favorites are winter, duh, and fresh balsam. They are only available for a limited time. Also, Candle Day is sometime in December. We don't know yet, and I think it's a surprise. On Candle Day, there are super, super sales, and I love a deal. When I was working in an office, I would get those wallflowers from Bath & Body Works. My office would sell so good. I gotta say, I do not miss being in an office. But I do miss taking depositions. I fucking loved taking depositions and I was pretty damn good at it. I mean, they're intense and they're dramatic and they're fun. I made someone cry one time and then he asked for my number after the deposition. I think Tom Sandoval should let me depose him or maybe Jeff Lewis. I don't know why anyone would agree to it, but I would for sure do it for free. I wish I could just tag team in for a case and depose the fuck out of someone. Man, I need a deposition. I need a deposition and I need to learn Spanish. I read a statistic that 67% of people in Miami speak Spanish. And I didn't need that fact though because I had real life experience. I went to go get my nails done the other day. Oh, by the way, I've totally abandoned the stiletto shape and I'm back to a safe almond. Well, it was a very small salon and only four people were in there. There was two technicians and two customers and I was one of the customers. The nail techs are speaking Spanish and the customer who's sitting next to me is also speaking Spanish with the two nail techs. So these three are having a full on fucking conversation, laughing and shit, carrying on, and I'm trying to pick up words from four years of fucking high school Spanish. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, I gotta fucking learn Spanish. And 
one of these things is not like the other and bitch, it's you. And then I thought, I feel stupid. The only word I did catch was Espanol and it was spoken by the other customer and I'm assuming she said something to the effect to these other ladies, this bitch doesn't speak Spanish. Another incident happened when I moved my daughter into school back in August. We were eating at this fantastic Latin restaurant in Coconut Grove and a woman started bringing our food out, locked eyes with me and started speaking Spanish very rapidly. I like froze and the only fucking thing that could come out of my mouth was English. It was very embarrassing. Um, oh yeah, so once I get internet, I can start learning Spanish. We've reached the finale of Real Housewives of OC. It's a two-parter. I didn't even bother watching the last few episodes of this season because it just has been that lackluster. I just, I can't, I'm over it. But I watched both parts of the reunion. It was filmed 10 days before Shannon Bedore's alleged hit and run with America's favorite golden retriever, Archie. The looks were looks. Shannon has so much fake hair on her head, she is giving Teresa Judice's wedding hair some fucking competition. To quote someone who had a hot mic, she looks like a drag queen, which isn't the worst thing someone could say because drag queens are hot. But Shannon really went over the top. I don't hate her dress. I don't hate it. I like Gina's neon green dress. Emily looks good. She's wearing an orange dress. I'm on the fence about Jen's neon blue cape dress with the sleeves. I guess the theme is neon. Tamara's in like a neon pink dress. Oh wait, neon can't be the theme because Heather is in black, which I appreciate. I am annoyed with Tamara this season. She brought her good friend Jen on this fucking show and then tore her apart. Apparently Jen's boyfriend Ryan is allegedly a habitual playboy. I believe he was referred to as the Armenian gigolo and the whore of Newport. And he slept with someone while he and Jen were on a break. Tamara has made it her fucking mission this season to expose Ryan's alleged cheating instead of bringing anything to the table from her own fucking life. And this kind of fucking format used to work, but it really doesn't anymore. I mean, them calling each other's pieces of shit and cheaters and throwing napkins. It's just so childish. I'm sick of watching grown women act like children. And still I see no changes. Y'all like that Tupac? Honey, maturity most certainly does not come with age, as evidenced by like every housewife show. Tamara pulls out texts from Jen's boyfriend and another girl, and I think it is so fucked up of Tamara to expose her friend's business like this. And it's pointless because everything Tamara says, Jen already knows, so let that bitch be. He sent a limp dick pic. Jen knows. He received a nude from another girl. Jen knows. He's texting another girl while he and Jen are at a concert. Bitch, Jen knows. And they said at the end, we're just gonna have to agree to disagree. That could have been done in episode one, quite frankly. You have to let people make their own mistakes. And I think Tamara knows that, but she's just trying to eat. So she's doing what's worked for her since the beginning. But I don't think it's working no more. And right after the package with Shannon of the show, they did a fucking warning about alcohol and substance abuse. They did Shannon Bedore dirty. Shannon reveals that she was so drunk that she did not remember saying the CPS comment about Gina's kids. I did not realize that Shannon's boyfriend, John Jansen, broke up with her after the show wrapped. Again. He did this last year. He obviously does not care about her. Poor thing. So the alleged drunk driving hit and run makes some sense. 
And Shannon gets angry that the ladies have commented on her drinking, but maybe it's time to look inward, Shannon. Heather says that Shannon drinks and calls people. Gina says Shannon needs rehab. Emily says that Shannon should invest in a breathalyzer. Shannon is so unaware. She's the common denominator. She's been on Housewives for like 10 years or some shit. And every season she is suffering from an existential crisis. Very little growth since her first season. And still I see no changes. Oh my God, and Jeff Lewis and Shane Douglas got mentioned by Tamara. I bet Jeff is basking in that. Real Housewives of Potomac is coming back in November. So is Real Housewives of Miami. Both are solid shows. Let's see how these new seasons shape up. I read an article the other day that a man named Dr. Ernst von Schwartz did some study finding that in 10 years' time, humans will have the capability to live and work until the age 120. Go fuck yourself, Ernst von Schwartz. Literally no one wants that. Can we have, like, quality health care now? Fuck. As I've explained, I have a love-hate relationship with social media. And I saw something that Oprah wrote a book and in her book she is discussing the happiness of society. Oprah says that social media envy is the greatest destroyer of happiness and it explains why everyone is so unhappy. Now, I love Oprah. Oprah is a living legend. I love her show. I watched it every day after school with my mom. Remember TiVo? Do people still use TiVo? We would TiVo the Oprah show. But I think she got this wrong. First of all, what about the unhappiness before social media? What about that? Also, does she think we are stupid? What kind of kindergarten shit is this? Oprah, you know that we know that social media is fake, right? We know it's fake because... No matter how authentic you are on social media, there is an aspect of production which is not real at all. Unless you're a Kardashian, I guess. Also, social media shows like a sliver of your life. I assure you, I had at least a hundred panic attacks, probably more, in 2022. And I didn't post one of them on social media. It's not real. We know that. How the fuck is Oprah going to know why any of us are unhappy? I mean... Really? Does she do her own grocery shopping? Does she pay parking tickets? Does she even drive? And I love you, Oprah, but you have never had kids, and that shit is a whole nother fucking ballgame. Let me tell you. So I want to know how the fuck Oprah is qualified to comment on and write a whole goddamn book on why society is collectively unhappy. So fucking excited to read this goddamn book so Oprah can tell me why I'm unhappy. I'm actually not unhappy, and I use social media. I do not think social media envy is why people are unhappy. I think people are unhappy because, um, uh, well, let me just ramble off some shit. The government is corrupt and doesn't do shit for the people or the republic, as said on Scandal, which is like a way sexier way to refer to the country, like the republic. People have forgotten how to discuss and now just avoid important topics. It is now damn near required to have a two-income household if you want to have kids in a decent city. 
And for some goddamn reason, bra manufacturers continue to put these stupid fucking little inserts that do absolutely nothing. What are you trying to cover? What are you trying to hide? A protruding nipple? Get the fuck over it, you sick fucks, and stop wasting fabric on those little tiny fucking inserts. Some fucking doctor wants us to work until we are 120 years old. That's a reason to be unhappy, Oprah. We are unhappy because our society is being run by a bunch of fucking greedy old clowns. I'm definitely progressive on social issues and I'm not really sure how I feel fiscally because I have felt fiscally fucked under every administration. I'm now strictly in the middle and I'm here for a hashtag middle movement. Will the actually qualified candidates please stand the fuck up? So yeah, Oprah, how about you leave the self-help to me, okay? I'm just kidding. I still need you and I have no idea what I'm fucking doing. So during my healing journey, I've been watching a lot of documentaries and I watched one documentary on Apple Plus called 1971, The Year That Music Changed Everything. It definitely talks about music, but it also talks about our society at that time. It showed a docuseries that aired at the time called An American Family. Basically, it was like one of the first, if not the first, reality shows. It followed like a quote-unquote typical American family. But the son was living out as a gay man and the wife wanted a divorce for the husband after 21 years of marriage. It's kind of wild, actually. I highly recommend this documentary. There was so much distrust in the government at that time. I mean, fucking Watergate. It was a trip to watch because we were having the exact same issues we had back then. And still I see no changes. I do feel like, I feel like the difference now is that we have the access to resources to heal ourselves. All of these self-help people are basically saying the exact same thing, but I like the way that William Henley said it. It matters not how straight the gate, how charges with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Which also brings me to my rich bitch tip of the week. You are driving your bus. You decide where your bus is going. You decide who's on your bus. You have the power to kick people off your bus. And if you're unhappy, Oprah, you only have to look in the mirror to find the problem and the solution. I was more envious when there wasn't social media and all I saw was stick-thin women with little arms and straight hair and flat stomachs. I didn't know about Photoshop, so I thought I was just an abnormal, big-titty, curly-haired bitch. At least now we have more representation out there on the market with social media. Women's products used to be marketed so weird. I remember asking what like a tampon or like a pad commercial was when I was really little. Those commercials are so vague. And they put the pads just like out there. Like there's a picture of the pad on the commercial. And then they start pouring this blue fucking water on it. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And everyone was just silent. No one said anything, and I was really embarrassed. Oh, Brandy, I think I might have just unlocked a childhood memory. I'm writing that down. So a new episode of Salt Lake Housewives came out. Meredith has been alluding to rumors about Angie Kay's husband, about the rumors and nastiness about her husband. We finally learn what the rumor is, but it comes out in a weird way. So Monica is supposed to be Angie Kay's friend, but doesn't really seem like it. Lisa decides to throw a party for herself to celebrate how successful she is. Everyone is there. God bless Mary. She just shows up and starts insulting people. She said, I don't know about Whitney. Whitney looks cheap. 
And then she calls to Heather across the party and she's like, Heather, Heather, what made you wear that necklace? You really missed the mark. Mary should host an award show. These bitches are so extra. Angie K is wearing like Star Trek Chanel sunglasses inside during a daytime party. I did not like the comment that she made in a solo interview about putting a hit out on Meredith's family. It kind of feels like that had legal teeth. And she's really annoying saying that she does not know how to open a champagne bottle because she only drinks ouzo. They have champagne and grease, bitch. I speak from experience. Okay, so Angie and Monica are arguing and Angie picks up some food off Monica's plate and then shoves the food in Monica's mouth. Well, that set Monica off who said, you do not want to go there and open Pandora's box. Seemingly referring to rumors. Lisa comes to Angie's defense and said that it is rude of Monica to threaten like that. I really can't stand Whitney uh, saying that she's the only one who can end Meredith's war against Angie Kay. I feel like a producer heard Monica say that Angie did not want to go there and open Pandora's box and told Whitney. And then Whitney goes and pulls Monica off to the side and asks her what the fucking rumor is. So the rumor is. So the rumor. Angie K's husband allegedly sleeps with men and they have an arrangement and that their marriage is completely fake. And Monica and Whitney decide that this bullshit success party is the best time to inform Angie. As Dorinda would say, you take me to the side. I think this is a bad form for Monica and Whitney. So Monica tells Angie K the rumor on camera, which is so fucked up. And Angie K approaches Meredith immediately. She's like, rumors? Bitch, I eat rumors for breakfast. Come at me, bitch. She addressed that shit head on. I haven't really cared for Angie K up until this point, but this directness made me like her more. The scene between Angie and her husband has to be manufactured because she waited until the next day to tell her husband about this rumor. My dude would have gotten a text from the car. I feel so bad for Sean because he's worried about how their daughter is going to receive the rumor. I don't know about Monica. She tells her son that boner is a bad word. Why would boner be a bad word? Aren't boners natural? Y'all gotta be having the sex talk with your kids. Boners are not bad. Aren't they uncontrollable? I'm sympathetic though because that's probably what Monica was taught. But we have a duty to break those cycles. Lisa and her son getting pedicures is so fucking cute. But I was kind of bummed out by the teen pregnancy comment. She was talking about her son Jack and his church mission and said something like, he chose to serve a mission instead of like meth or teenage pregnancies. This is a thing, right? That we as a society believe that the worst thing that can happen to you in your life is that you get pregnant as a teenager. And I know we don't want teen pregnancy, right? I think there are ways to prevent that through education and access to quality health care. But no one fucking asked me. Maybe they should ask me. I gotta tell you though, mentally and emotionally, it was not easy to deal with knowing I was in the circumstance that society as a whole has agreed on and we don't agree on shit, but ha ha ha, here we are. Society has agreed that the worst thing that can happen to you in teenage years is that you get pregnant. And here I was. Talk about feeling like a fucking failure. That shit fucked me up. But I am unfucking myself. Also, color me surprised because Angie K is handling this husband rumor thing really well. For some reason, Lisa Barlow does not want it out there that she told someone that she could have been on a private plane with Snoop Dogg. She's like, 
Monica is such a liar, just like she lied about that Snoop Dogg thing. I would fucking party with Snoop Dogg. I saw Snoop Dogg when I was in college. Uh, Snoop is the shit. I do not think Monica was being a good friend by revealing this rumor about Angie Kay's husband on camera. I think it was wrong of Meredith to allegedly weaponize a rumor against Angie, but she didn't say it on camera. The previews make it look like Monica might come unhinged later in this season. She weirdly also said that she would fuck Lisa and Meredith's husbands, John and Seth. Hmm. Oh my god, y'all, my favorite thing about the episode was Brooks running in those fucking snowshoes. It gave me so much pleasure. I love it. He looks so fucking funny. And the sound of the shoes hitting the pavement as he runs and the way he carries his body, I just can't. It was actual gold. I've been trying to find that clip ever since, but haha, I don't have internet. I have a new obsession with Trader Joe's. I got some flowers, some tiny everything bagel bites with cream cheese, Salted caramel cocoa. Salted caramel is my new favorite flavor. Do yourself a favor and get the salted caramel milkshake from Five Guys. You'll thank me, but your tummy might not. Well, mine did not, but worth it. I'm going to make Tuesday my Trader Joe's days. Trader Joe Tuesdays. I'm a Trader Joe hoe. Speaking of hoes, Bethany Frankel has been on a crusade against NBC and Bravo and announced last week that she has done a lot of self-reflection and is actually not suing Bravo and never was suing Bravo. Bitch, that is not what your lawyer said. According to page six, she hired Hollywood legal eagle Brian Friedman. He said they were releasing shocking details about NBC and Bravo and sent a demand letter to NBC and Bravo alleging that they made deliberate attempts to manufacture instability by plying their talent with alcohol while depriving them of food and sleep, as well as denying mental health treatment for those displaying obvious and alarming signs of mental deterioration. And they also said that these people were silenced by their NDA. NBC and Bravo played it very cool. Took a long draw from their cigarette and said, we wave that bitch. Say what you want to say. And we didn't hear shit for weeks. Then Bethany releases a statement on her Instagram. How can any of the talent sue NBC and or Bravo if they signed releases? That was my thought the whole time. Y'all consented to this shit. You literally signed a release. I feel that it got to the point where Bethany Frankel was starting to look bad and it was a little embarrassing. Really, it should be the attorney who feels embarrassed. I feel like she should have been counseled against the Bravo war. Maybe she was. I'm very excited. I'm going to see Heather McMahon this weekend. I will be back in New Orleans for a week, so hit me up. My journey will consist of a plane, train, and an automobile, so get ready. And before I go, please, everyone, bow your heads now, please. We need to ask God to give me internet. Right now, in your own language, let's do it. Let's ask God for internet. Thank you for listening to episode six of The Rich Room. Text me or leave a voicemail with your questions, comments, and concerns at 504-224-9919. Follow me at Lindsay underscore Sobel and also follow at The Rich Room Podcast. Leave us five stars anywhere you can. Let's go out with a little Tupac. Rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tat. That's the way it is. Bye.